Today's show is brought to you by CatConnection.com. For all of your home brewing needs, visit CatConnection.com and use the promo code HHH to receive 5% off your order. Entertaining shows with content that spreads information and sparks discourse throughout the community. This is the Pearl Media Network. Welcome to the Homebrew Happy Hour. This is the show where we supply the answers to your homebrewing questions and discuss all things related to homebrewing beer. If you have a question that you would like discussed on a future episode, visit homebrewhappyhour.com and click on the Submit a Question link at the top of the page. I'm your host, Joshua Steubing, and today I'm joined once again by our resident pro and owner of KetConnection.com, Todd Burns. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today, Josh? Great. You have a lot of pep in your <laughs> How many cups of coffee have you had today? I've had several cups of coffee. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. And today, today's pretty special because I actually came uh, to your headquarters uh, to do to do this episode. We aren't in my um, home field right now. We, we're, we're at a global headquarters for Keg Connection. Pretty neat. That's right, international headquarters here in the grand metropolis of Comanche, Texas. Yeah, it is. It's like you know, I love any time I get to visit one because um, work is a relative word when I'm here, but uh, but also because I uh, get to hang out with with the crew. You have a good group of people that work for you. It's it's always nice to be able to to see them once in a while. Thank you very much. We do we do have a great crew, and I'm very very proud of them. So. You know, before we get too far into the questions, um, I know you're not the biggest of sports fans, but Super Bowl was not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago now, and um, there's been a lot of buzz about one commercial specifically. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. I watched the Super Bowl. I probably shouldn't admit how little of a sports fan I am since I'm a draft beer company, but uh, <laughs> I did watch the Super Bowl, and it was uh, it was actually a great game. Yeah, it was. And, and that commercial I'm referring to, if, if you've been living under a rock, as a Budweiser commercial where they um, boast in their macroness of, of what, you know, they are acknowledging that they're this they're a big brewery. They're exactly. not ashamed. And if you don't like it, go back to your pumpkin ale. right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, there was one of the uh, homebrew uh, National Homebrew Shops that came out with a, I don't it was like a pumpkin peach L, and they had a pumpkin peach L on their uh, website the next day. I thought that was a great response. Yeah, well, and it, you but, know. Uh, not that I would necessarily like a pumpkin peach L. So they, they, they went at our weakness with a pumpkin peach yeah. L, I think. Well, but, what, do you, what do you think was up with that commercial, though? How What a weird thing I, to I, do. I think it's InBev uh, admitting defeat. I think that's, that's what it that's is. That's the feedback I got, too, is um, a lot of people in the industry took that as like, uh, uh, what's the character from Monty Python where, you know, the legs cut off. And, and exactly. He, and he's like, no, we're it's, it's just, just a flesh, a flesh wound. wound. <laughs> yeah. That InBev, that by doing that kind of attack, it's basically them just trying to say, we're not bleeding. We're fine. We're There's that's nothing right. wrong here. Nothing to see. I thought it was... I mean, in terms of production value, it wasn't even that great a commercial. They waste, they put a lot of money to just offend a group of people. You know, uh, InBev is interesting because because they're such a conglomerate that uh, they they just uh, they kind of have started to take over such a large portion of the industry that I, I think they're nervous because they can take over large companies mm-hmm. and get a huge amount of uh, of market share, but then these smaller companies keep popping up and it's 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 hard to it's like that old game that you used to play in an arcade where the 
the thing would pop up and you had to hit it down with a hammer. Whack-a-mole? Whack-a-mole, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's what they feel like at this point with all these little uh, microbreweries popping up. Well, and I, I think we've talked about it in another episode, or I know we've talked about it off-air many a times. It's such a unique time for, for people, uh, even in this industry, to start up their own um, not I won't say microbrew, but for lack of better terms, that you know it's so easy now. There's minimal overhead you have to do. Equipment's mm. coming down. Costs are are not uh, it it terribly expensive, right? So, like you said, as as soon as they buy up one and think they've conquered a market, ten more pop up. It's the well, not only that, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a large company like that making right. a great beer. I mean, there are, there's a lot of examples of much larger companies, uh, Sam Adams for one, that, right. that makes some wonderful beers. And I think, uh, quite frankly, InBev or Budweiser or whatever you want to call them could make great beers if they put their mind to it. But they're always trying to make a beer that appeals to everybody, and it and it falls flat. So you know, you know, quite frankly, Coors I think as a corporation has done a better job of that in buying out some small microbreweries and then leaving them the hell alone. You know, and, letting and them, uh, Coors did was brilliant. I want to say it was a print ad that they ran right after that commercial where uh, the gist of it basically was th- them showing those smaller brands that they've bought. Up. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Really? Yeah, yeah, they bought out. I want, I'm pretty confident it was a print ad. And it said something along the lines of, all beer should be celebrated is what I think the headline of it was. Yeah, absolutely. It was brilliant. And what good timing, too, because I think InBev had to know that they were poking a hornet's nest with that commercial. Oh, I think they did it on purpose. I mean, it, it was actually kind of funny. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say I disliked the commercial. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's just human nature to poke at somebody's mm-hmm. weakest point, so they just tried to invent the most wild beer that the vast, you know, average joe american would look at and go uh pump what was it a pumpkin peach you yeah, know so yeah. a pumpkin peach beer i mean yeah, yeah i mean they, they're you know what that's great I, i'm glad that we have freedom of speech and they were able to uh, poke a little fun at us we can take it my wife laughed because as we we, we were watching the super bowl live and she said the people in that commercial they're calling beer snobs you look exactly like them honey <laughs> <laughs> that's true you know bearded face trying to kind of you know late 20s looking pudgy she was like well i think and i i think that's nice of her to say that because it sounds better than terrorist yeah that's right that's true i do look cleaner than i normally do yeah yeah you're actually pretty cleaned up at the moment because yeah, i'm coming to visit headquarters that's I had right to. yeah yeah you gotta visit the man yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> enough enough i'm uh let's get into the the point of the show where we uh take your questions and tr- do our best to answer them before it becomes uh pumpkin time and start drinking of our own so today's first question comes through our facebook page from marcus he writes please talk about hose length there are so many different options or pardon me there are so many different opinions out there where some people say to get this length of hose to prevent foam while others will say no get this length and so on you guys provide a certain length in all of your kegerator kits and i'd love to hear directly from you why you chose that length thank you uh, that's this is an excellent question, and I believe me, I feel your pain as owner of Keg, of Keg Connection. We get this question on a daily basis, and I I'll tell you, I fought this for years. I determined exactly what the proper length of hose should be for the vast majority of beers you serve, and I use the length that virtually any company that builds direct draw kegerators would say is the proper length. 
Uh, I mean, technically that proper length for, you know, 10 to 12 PSI served beer that's carbonated around that level is, um, is about four and a half feet. And most companies have agreed to go five feet because at five feet at 38 degrees with a beer carbonated to that level, it should slightly overcompensate for the foam and, and give you a perfect pour. And that's called the, the restriction, that is? Yeah, the, the restriction is what that supplies by uh, by choking that down with that 316 ID beer line. So, uh, you know, there's different types, of, and I don't want to get too technical, but there's different types of hose, and they have different restriction levels. So if you use a different type of hose, of course, you would need a much longer length to do it. But the, the, the typical hose that you use for what's what they consider to be beer hose is uh, 3 sixteenths, 5 feet. Now, the, the problem with that is then the real world happens, you know. So mm-hmm. you've got a lot of different situations that people are not uh, – they don't have the ideal situation. Some examples are maybe their beer is slightly overcarbonated. Maybe they're not able to maintain that temperature that they'd like to maintain. Right. So that they've uh, they've got multiple reasons uh, that that they want they need to compensate. Now, there's three reasons that you get foamy beer for, for the most part. Uh, one of them is improper restriction. One of them is temperature, and the last is the the amount of uh, carbonation level in the beer itself. So. What we've decided to do, you mentioned in your question, you know, that we now just supply a standard link. That's actually not the case anymore. We we just finally threw up our hands and said, we give up. We surrender. And we decided to start on every single one of our kits. You can either get five feet of hose, seven and a half feet, 10 feet. And there might even be another link that, that I apologize, but it's You've got multiple options options on how much hose length you can get on each line on each kit. Was it because of the the very? I mean, I know you. Uh, this is kind of off topic. I know the you the new website that's been up now for a little over a year or two years almost was because you wanted to give the customers as much control over their ordering as possible. Right, and what I what I said was to myself, I said, okay. You're fighting people on this. Why should you do that? The customer's right. If the customer needs more beer length, then give them the choice to have more beer length. And that's why we did that. There are a lot of circumstances where it makes more sense to use a longer beer length. When you when you really it's you know it's much cheaper to buy a few extra feet of hose than to buy a new fridge that'll get down to thirty eight if right. it gets down to forty. And there's other circumstances where, you know, some customers just say, you know what, I'd rather err on the side of overcompensating and slowing my pour down, and I'll just wait a little longer to get my beer. I mean, the problem you can run into with that is sometimes it'll pour extremely slow, or you don't get enough foam. I mean, there's a certain amount of foam you really need in your class to Mm -hmm. make it a proper draft beer pour. So what we do on our kits is we... uh, we supply you with whatever hose length you need. And then, of course, you can always come back and cut down that hose length if you want to and then reattach the uh, uh, the swivel nut. Because all of our kits also come with swivel nuts on the end. And, and what that means is uh, you can screw it into a uh, quarter-inch MFL uh, male flared nut. And then we supply quarter-inch male flared nuts on all of our disconnects. And then we also... Uh, have them available with Sankey and other types of commercial taps 
So you can basically switch your lines between any of those. So uh, they're kind of getting off the subject, but the, no, re- no. the idea there is that, that you've got a lot of choices on your beer line from how they connect to what the length is. So for Marcus specifically, what homework does he need to do uh, to determine what he needs uh, I mean that you, we could do a two-hour show on that, but you, you know, really, the best way is to go on the internet. There's lots of places where you can pull up a fairly simple table and plug in what your temperature is, what you've car- what the car- level of carbonation is in your beer, and determine. Uh, again, the rule of thumb is for most draft draw systems, most people serve their beer between 10 and 12 psi, and mm-hmm. five feet is just about right for that if you're going to be serving some belgiums or some ipas or some other style of beer that you've decided to carbonate at a, at a higher level say you're serving you know coors light is interesting speaking of i'm glad you brought it up i was about to bring that yeah up. coors light is is actually set up and i'm speaking of psi because that, people understand that there, there's another way to measure but but uh they carbonate their beer to about the equivalent of a 16 psi carbonation level yeah, so it it needs a you know it could foam a little more than other beers Coors mm-hmm. Light uh, because of that reason. So maybe you get <clears throat> seven feet and then you that's a good compens that's a good in between so that your beer's not pouring too slow, but you're compensating a little more for the foam. And you talked about you know the standard right now is three sixteenths for beer hose, right? Absolutely. But there are still quarter inch offerings out there is there a reason why someone would want to go with quarter inch if that's if they're running much longer lines or yeah if you're running let's say you're running a 25 foot line and you're gonna somehow insulate that or or you're gonna control the temperature Mm -hmm. then you could go to a quarter inch i mean usually when you're going to a longer line you're going to switch the type of material you're using okay but if you're going to go over um let's say 10, maybe 15 feet, depending on the circumstances again. At some point, you may want to switch over to quarter inch to give yourself less restriction so you can go further. Because the problem is if you use 316 line and you go 20 feet, your beer's going to drip out of the end. You're not mm-hmm. going to get a pour. Yeah, and I know you said he could find a table. And I'm also very confident if, Marcus, if you go on like homebrewtalk.com, start up a thread and give your specifications of, of temperature and, and, and whatnot, you'll get an answer quick. Oh, yeah. There's there's already a thousand threads on Homebrew Talk about that, too. So there's so much you can search as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was a good one. I mean, um, like you said, I know from experience, too, the, the phone call of, hey, my, my beer's foaming. What am I doing wrong? And whether it is, uh, well, what are you tapping or what, what's the PSI or whatnot? A lot of the times it ended up being uh, uh, hose troubleshooting uh, for the solution. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. So, although I will say, though, before you move on, it's almost always temperature. If, you trouble, if I troubleshoot with 100 people, 95% of the time it's going to be temperature. Really? Yeah. And, and, and – um, that's just as simple a fix as dropping it for yeah, just dropping the the gauge on your fridge. I mean, wh- and where you have to measure the temperature is where it pours into your glass. Oh. So you want to know what it what it actually hits your glass, what temperature it is when it, when it's hitting your glass. Now, it's it shouldn't vary much when your glass and your kegerator. So I always keep a thermometer in my kegerator and make sure it's at the range that I want. I, I don't rely on the thermostat. I use an actual separate thermometer that stays in my kegerator. Oh, nice. Well, and, and that's good for, for Marcus to know because my, my um, 
inference from reading his question is that he doesn't have something set up yet, right? He, I think he probably would have included, uh, it, my lines are set up and they're foaming. What am I doing wrong? So No, you're right. You're right. So that's a good thing, to, a good tip to know about measuring the, the temperature too in case you do think that you have it all figured out once you make your initial uh, build. But if there's still foam, troubleshoot with temperature. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. Our next question uh, came from our email, and it's from Preston. He writes, I have been brewing for almost a year and have been wanting to add nitrogen to my setup because I want to start brewing more stouts. I don't have a lot of local help on this, so my questions are, is it easy to add nitrogen into an existing dispense system, or is it even worth it? Are there enough good reasons to add nitro to my setup? As in, will I even notice a difference? Do stouts require nitro? Todd, take it away, man. No, that's that's a good question. We we received this question quite a bit as well. So the, the thing with nitrogen is you, you need a different delivery system. So can I add it to my existing system? Uh Barely. I mean, for the most part, you technically, need a, it's not adding to a system. You're, is that you're, what you mean? you're really creating a new system, okay. although you may hook it up to your current system. Like, meaning, you might next to it. <laughs> yeah, well, you might run through the the beer itself through the same line when oh, it's going to the tap okay. and that sort of thing. But but you've got to replace by far the most expensive components. You've got to get obviously a completely separate uh, tank yeah. that, that holds beer gas. Uh, one misnomer is that people think that when you say nitrogen, it's it's nitrogen and it's not. It's really a, a, a usually a, a mix. It's called a beer mix. Okay. So it's I didn't uh, know that. yeah seventy five percent nitrogen, twenty five percent CO two, uh, and there are different mixtures. Sometimes it'll be sixty forty. It really depends on what area you're in and what people typically do there. The reason they might change the mix is uh, some people are using using this in glycol systems where they're going extremely long distances and they may actually even add nitrogen uh, on a regular CO2 system because of issues they run into with the distance. But that's really getting technical. I mean, what it boils down to on a, on a home system is you need to replace your tank. You need a totally different faucet to properly uh, pour a stout, pour nitrogen uh, stout. Uh, so the, you know, you, and, and of course you need a different regulator. You can use your existing regulator, but you've got to be careful about this. Some of the newer regulators are using, uh, poly bonnets. Uh, TapRite's a great example. I mean, TapRite's CO2 regulator with a poly bonnet is a wonderful regulator. It works great. Made mm-hmm. in the United States. High super, quality. Yeah. Super, super high quality. The reason they use a poly bonnet is you can grab it from the front, pull it out, and you can turn it, and you can actually change the pressure without having to have a screwdriver or a coin or anything. The only issue with that is you can't put the kind of pressure through it that you would use with nitrogen. So you, so there they make ad, uh, adapters where you can put an adapter on your CO2 regulator and use it for nitrogen, mm-hmm. but you don't want to do that with one that has a poly bonnet. The, the best bet, what, what I've found is by the time you buy the adapter and you change the gauge out because you need a higher pressure gauge, 
you spent almost as much as it cost, if not as much as it cost, to buy a nitrogen regulator. Oh wow! So you're almost <laughs> better off just buying a nitrogen, bite the bullet, spend the extra ten or fifteen bucks or twenty or whatever it turns out to be, mm-hmm. buy the nitrogen regulator and just have two separate regulators. I th- personally think that works better, but that's my opinion. In in you know addressing like his um, second and third part of the question. Is there a noticeable difference when you're dispensing nitro to uh, just a straight-up CO2? That's such a personal opinion. Okay, is that, I mean, okay. it's so personal. I mean, I, I to me, I can. I mean, there's certainly a difference between a nitrogen-served uh, beer and a CO2-served beer. I mean, the the mouthfeel, everything's different about that. So you you can. I, I tell you what, I would suggest if you've got a happen to have a brew pub in your area that has a pretty extensive uh, selection of draft beers you will sometimes find places that are, where, where they're brewing their own beer and they'll actually put the same beer on nitrogen and stout so you can go and try them on both you mean co2 gas, right I mean, i'm sorry on stout on co2 right so you can go try the exact same beer and get two glasses and have one that was served on nitrogen and the other one served on co2 then you can really get an idea of what the difference well, and is. And that answers, you. I guess, his last question. Uh, stouts certainly don't require nitrogen. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, you know, one other thing I just thought of. It, you know, um, a lot of people, there's a, a milk stout out on the market made by Left Hand. Right, they offer it in two and ways. And they offer it in, in, in uh, bottles uh, in both stout. They do. I mean, in both in uh, CO2. nitrogen and CO2. Boy, I can't say that, can I? <laughs> So in both nitrogen and CO2. So you, you could go just buy those two six-packs and get a little bit of an idea. But, of course, it's going to be different than really pouring a draft. Beer. I was, I was going to say, I agree. I actually have tried it with uh, Left Hand's Wake Up Dead. They have it. Because when we went to Great American Beer Festival, they had it uh, on Nitro Tap, Wake Up Dead, which is their Russian Imperial. Yes. Oh, I was convinced ni- I have to do nitrogen. Right, I can right. only buy it now. It was so just... You know, the experience there. Yeah, with, yeah. And then when I get the bottles, again, I know it's, it's apples and oranges when you're drafting bottle. But I, I had um, my, my local uh, liquor store in, in my town had both there. Yeah. And uh, I could not tell. Like, uh, he, when I poured yeah, it in. You're, the, you're right. You got to pour it out of a, out of a faucet. I mean, it, it's uh, – you'll find – if you look around, you'll find it. But most people know. I mean, they've had, they've had Guinness or they've had some other – beer poured on nitro and you you sit and you wait for a minute for the for it to fall and settle down it and it's the ambiance of that it's so the, cool looking it's just cool <laughs> you know it's just fun to do so if you want to try it try it that's what that's what brewing your own beer is all about and serving your own beers on draft is trying different things if you want to try it try it have you you know i, I think um, stouts have, I won't say a resurgence because I don't know if it's re or coming, coming again. Definitely an insurgence though. Very popularity. I mean, um, a craft magazine that was from maybe December ha- dedicated the whole issue, right? Just the stouts. Stouts are, are coming back a lot. It, are you seeing a lot of interest from your customers in nitrogen setups? We are. We are seeing more interest in it. Um, it's always been popular. We, we we have seen more interest lately. I think that, you know, styles of beer do come in and out. You know, IPA has just been the beer for the last few years. Right. And I think you're starting to see people, uh, well, you're seeing that from both ends. You're seeing it from the stout porter end, and then you're also seeing it from the session beer end. So mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of session beers on the market now. In a session beer, 
in its true form is supposed to be lower alcohol so you can go to the lake and sit around and and maybe have a few more beers than you would if you were drinking a eight percent. What was that? Uh, yeah. We talked about a couple episodes ago that Founders Breakfast Stout. I think that's eight. I don't know actually what it is now, but you tried it, right? Did, did, it's wonderful. It's so good. I actually tried it when I was. You bought me some, but I also tried it at the brewery when I was there. Oh right, or, or one very very similar to it, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just so good. I'll, yeah. I I'll just say I. Uh, I, I like to drink stouts because that just the, the chocolate or the coffee, um, the, you know, the, the aftertaste that you're getting. Oh, it's just, so, it's like a dessert for, for me. I get, right. I, I, I'm at home. I don't get out a whole lot now that I got two little ones and, and whatnot, but I can go in my office if I'm watching sports or whatnot. A stout for me is just like, Hey, I'm, I'm good. I can stay home. I, I'm enjoying this because it's just smooth. It's not a, I mean, it's a dessert to me. I don't know. Uh, if, what do you mean you don't get it? I thought you were at Disney like every other week. <laughs> I tried. No, yes, we did just go back. <laughs> you know, and, and that's funny you bring that up. Disney World, actually, when you go to Epcot, there's a good selection of beer. Really? Not necessarily a selection of good beer, but there's a good selection of yeah, beer. Yeah, kind of around the world. Yeah, yeah that's neat. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I got to try. Uh, my favorite was Go Figure in America. There was a, um, a Cigar City uh, their Modero Brown Ale, I think is what it's called. Um, it was really good. And Cigar City, I don't know if that's the name of the actual city in Florida, or if it's oh like, yeah, uh, or Ebor City, maybe. Yeah, where it's out I've of. been there. I, I yeah, I've been there. It's a neat place. It was great. And of all, it, pla- it was probably fifteen years ago, but, but it, it was, was a neat. Place. It was canned though. They had beers uh, on tap, and I asked the girl. I said, "This is, I think, it's out of Tampa, maybe actually." And she said, "I don't know why we don't have a keg of it." So if yeah. anyone listening from Cigar City, give them give them a keg. So next time I'm there, I can enjoy it. Well, tap. I wish I could remember it. I know we, it's not called Cigar City, but I can't think of the name. That's of the name it. of the brewery. I I, I want to say they're out of Tampa or Ebor, which I think is like Ebor. I think, at the, yeah. yeah but wide. anyway, neat place. There's so many old restaurants that, that serve great food and great beer combinations, and you, then you can have a you can actually have a cigar in so many places there yeah. so and this isn't really relevant to the show but i, I like mentioning you know speaking of nitrogen uh co- coffee pressured brew coffee is like the thing right now i see a lot my buddy runs a pharmacy near near uh, in central texas and and he started serving it it's a big thing now of nitro uh pressure brewed coffee really yeah hmm. I'll have to try that because I love coffees too as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So so uh, <laughs> as I take another sip of coffee. Yeah. So Preston, if you're if you're uh, not just going to do nitrogen for your beer, think about coffee, man. That's right. <laughs> well, Todd, that made right about thirty minutes for us. That was a good episode. So that means it's time to start tasting beers. I was going to say holding holding true to the format we have established. It is the homebrew happy hour. It's only the homebrew thirty minutes of talking hour, and then the homebrew thirty minutes. And then we get down to the important stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) So, with that being said, that will do it for this episode of Homebrew Happy Hour. If you have a question you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. Visit homebrewhappyhour.com and click on the Submit a Question link at the top of the page. For all of your homebrewing needs, please visit www.catconnection.com and make sure you use the promo code HHH. That's for Homebrew Happy Hour to save 5% off your order. On behalf of Todd Burns, catconnection.com, and the Pearl Media Network, I'm Joshua Steubing. Thank you for listening.